If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So President Biden, who nearly nine out of ten voters think is not fit to serve a second term, got his physical yesterday and uh, turned out great. He's in great shape, physically and mentally. Nothing to worry about here. All right. Uh, The late night comedians took a stab at that story. That's right. Biden had his physical. And while I'm sure his doctors were very thorough, I wanted to ask some follow up questions myself. So if you don't mind, uh, we're going to talk to him right now. Uh, Real quick, uh, what what is your typical resting heart rate? Two. Okay. (laughs) That's pretty low. That's pretty low. Uh, Moving on, what, what did the doctor say when he finished your colonoscopy? That tongue was 150 years old. All right, well, that's interesting. (laughs) I don't know if that's... Well, now, uh, how many hours of sleep are you getting at night? Uh, Eight hours. Okay, that's good. And how many hours of sleep are you getting during the day? Eight hours. Okay, now... What have you been wearing to bed to avoid those frequent trips to the bathroom? Depends. All right. Mm. Hey, never mind, never mind. Thank you very much. Sorry to bother you, sir. Thank you. Uh, we've launched an investigation. I believe those clips were edited or out of context. That's my belief. The actual news story on this, here. here's a summary, and then we'll get into some of the uh, commentary around it. It's that time of year again. Cherry blossoms, spring training, soon to be March Madness, and President Biden's annual physical. Biden's doctor says he's fit for duty, but this line from the report was notable because it appeared to be cut and pasted from last year's report. Quote, the president's gait remains stiff, but has not worsened since last year. That same exact language used a year ago. It was scenes like this at the Air Force Academy that had some questioning the president's fitness for office. Not long after the spill, Biden started using the shorter cruise stairs to board Air Force One. Some want Biden to take a cognitive test, which didn't happen yesterday during that physical. Here's Corrine Jean-Pierre at the White House. The president doesn't need a cognitive test. That is not my assessment. That is not my assessment. That is the assessment of the president's doctor. He passes a cognitive test every day. 
Yeah, that's a little misleading. We'll get to why that's misleading in a second. Uh, reading in Mark Halpern's newsletter today, what an embarrassment for our democracy, accountability, and the media that the White House refuses to make the president's doctors available to be questioned on such a critical matter. And everyone just accepts this as simply it is what it is. Yeah. One of the top issues working against Joe Biden is his mental health. Doctor gives him a physical, and you don't have the doctor come out there and answer questions. That is an embarrassment to our democracy. But voters get to decide this. Uh, We can demand better by not voting people in. Um, The New York Times actually had a doctor in their article, which is a good idea. President Biden on Wednesday was declared fit for duty by his longtime doctor, who said that the president had undergone an extremely detailed neurological exam that did not turn up evidence of stroke, neurological disorders, or Parkinson's disease. Okay. So he doesn't have a neurological, he doesn't have Parkinson's, he doesn't hasn't had a stroke. You didn't say, and uh, he isn't suffering from sort of, some sort of dementia or or old age brain function problem. You didn't get into that at all. Uh, this doctor from wherever he's from, Walter Reed Military Medical Center, uh, said that a team of doctors, including neurologists, two orthopedists, and a physical therapist, examined the president. Blah blah blah. Active eighty one year old uh, white male. Declined to give specifics about the test Mr. Biden had undergone, but said the president doesn't need a cognitive exam. Okay, well, the Wall Street Journal points this out, quoting a different doctor, this Jacob Apple, who is from Mount Sinai School of Medicine. Only the patient, the president, uh, decides what is going to be released. So we have no idea whether it's a comprehensive portrait or not. And we've learned many times that what is shared is not the entire picture. Uh, Of course, that wasn't reported in any of the news stories yesterday, that the patient, the president, gets to decide what is let out and what is not. Apple said a White House physician doesn't face a dual loyalty between the president and the American public because of the need for patient privacy and confidentiality. The White House physician's only obligation, legally and ethically, is to the president. So you don't have any... Legal or ethical reason to come out and say, yeah, I talked to him, and uh, he just he seems a little slow to me. Which, by the way, is the way most doctors, um, I've learned this in the last 24 hours from reading from the Washington Post and a bunch of other stories, the, the, the usual way a, a doctor figures out whether or not your uh, brain is still working okay is just having conversations with you. It's not some sort of complicated cognitive test. That makes sense to me, too. The doctor talks to you, you just talk, how's, how's work going? How you like retirement or, you know, grandkids doing well or what do you got plans for the summer? You just have a conversation and you can pretty quickly get the gist of whether or not the person's, you know, all there or not. That's the way they usually do it. So this whole cognitive test, battery of tests thing is a bit of a red herring also. Uh, one other thing I wanted to throw out. Um, the doctor they quoted in the Washington Post, good for them for having this. The reason to test him would be a political reason. There very well may be a political reason since it's been so high on everyone's radar screen, but apparently the president did not feel it was warranted, and that's a glaring absence from the report. Or or they actually did the test and just didn't report it, which is their right, as we uh, have all learned. I'm not looking for any 
demand to make this a law. I think it's very similar to the whole tax thing. Trump wouldn't release his taxes. Boo. Well, okay, if you don't like it, don't vote for him. Let the public decide whether or not they need to release taxes or how much they need to share about their health. I'm fine with that. But I do agree that it's an embarrassment to our democracy that the media doesn't push harder for this information and say, hey, can we talk to the doctor? And you have KJP. Play that clip again, because this is just this is an amazing spin from the White House press secretary. The president doesn't need a cognitive test. That is not my assessment. That is not my assessment. That is the assessment of the president's doctor. He passes a cognitive test every day. Well, that would be contradicted by the public's opinion. So we keep quoting the Highmark poll that showed dang near 9 out of 10 Americans think he isn't mentally fit to be president. You can go with the lower polls where it's only two-thirds of Americans think he's not fit to be president. So she can go out and say the American people see every single blah, 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 whatever. That's fine. Um, Got an example of free speech being shut down again. Hasn't made the news. Not shocking. A pro-Israeli speaker violently being turned away at Berkeley, and they had to cancel the speech. Doesn't make the news. Fill in some of the details. Let you actually hear what it sounded like, among other things, on the way. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's a theme song, obviously, if you know it from Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David's show. And Larry David is an old comedian, and he brought on old comedians now and then to play characters on his show, sometimes just play themselves like he did comedian Richard Lewis, another old comedian, who died yesterday after a heart attack. He announced he'd had Parkinson's a year or so ago. And Richard Lewis, if you're of certain age and you watch Johnny Carson, he was always on Carson and Letterman and shows like that. Funny guy. Had a couple of different shows throughout the years. Thought we'd play a clip of him. This is Richard Lewis on the Letterman show way back in the day when Letterman was on NBC early days, 83. I used to sit around the table with all the relatives. They used to put me down in harmony. It was like really an embarrassing thing. You'll never make it. You'll never make it. You know, kind of thing. I try to relax. You know, I'm back home in L.A. I'm taking a slam dancing course at the Jewish Community Center now. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. I have a helmet on, like a skullcap helmet, like a batting helmet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's good. I feel like it's enough to go to doctors with all the money. I had to bring a gold bar last physical. That's how much it cost me, you know? And I don't want to bring that specimen in. I, I'm embarrassed at home. I put a little hood on when I do it, you know? And uh, 
I feel the nurses are in this conspiracy. I give them the little jar. And she says, is your name on the bottle? I don't know. Like, your name is Chunky Skippy? I don't know. You know. He's the first person I remember as a kid watching. He was like in, super into the self-deprecating, my life's a mess thing that has become so popular throughout the years. You know, like I'm just a, I'm, I'm a mental case and I can't get my act together, that sort of thing. Anyway, here's a little Richard Lewis on Carson. Well, here's the thing. I, and I'm talking about family. I'm, I'm sorry for obsessing Don't, on no, this, but no, no. she just called me, so I'm thinking about it. Here's, a, here's why I feel so... Uh, you're mocking me, I know. No, that. I'm not. I, I, had the, I, had the same problem. I had the same problem with my mother. I understand that. No, you, oh, yes. Oh, oh Johnny, would you yeah, really? Yeah. They never, they always have that identification. My mother would actually call me a couple of times a week and say, what have you been doing lately? And I said, Mom, I'm on every night. You know, she just didn't bug me. The same thing, right? Same so thing. I said, I'm on the Tonight Show with Johnny. Right. She says, who else is on? <laughs> negative. That's negative. Negative. Is that crazy? It's always, you got to control. Yes, oh, control. It's, it's control. Fair. i got to do this and oh, I'll come do? back. And, yeah, oh, tell, tell your mother, just stand by. We'll be uh, Richard Lewis, I haven't watched the most recent season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I've seen some clips and it looks funny, and i got to catch that because I love that show. Um, a serious story that I want to get on just because nobody else is reporting it. You had an event yesterday, or attempt an attempt to have an event yesterday at Berkeley in... University of Berkeley, California, in the city of Berkeley, in the Bay Area of San Francisco. If you don't know that, shouldn't assume that you do, just because I live around here. Yeah, it's right next to San Francisco, right across the bay. Um, and they had an Israeli lawyer who was supposed to speak there last night, presumably talking about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I don't actually know what he was going to talk about, but pro-Palestinian or pro-Hamas, depending on, you'd have to ask him. Uh, protesters smashing glass doors there and protesting outside. Here's what it sounded like. So anyway, there's some video I was watching from inside and outside the building where it absolutely looked terrified. If you were the speaker there, you'd think, oh, my God, I'm going to die. And the event was shut down and police had to evacuate the speaker and Jewish students off campus. This happened in the United States of America in the year 2024 in a liberal city on one of the campuses best known for supposed free speech. This got shut down because of violence. The heckler's veto, it's called. Where, you know, if you're in a crowd with a comedian or speaker or whatever, if you heckle enough and scream enough, they can't be heard. And eventually they just give up. Well, in this case, they're actually frightened away. And uh, and have you heard this? Has it made any news? No, absolutely not. Disappointing. Speaking of free speech, there was a woman, a legal analyst from MSNBC, I saw was on Rachel Maddow last night suggesting that our First Amendment needs to be modified, that it's a little too free, and we need some restrictions on that. Maybe we'll talk about that next week when Joe is back, because he's such a, a free speech honk. But there's a book out, and uh, you know, a person um, not completely outside of mainstream making an argument we need to get some restrictions going on free speech. So yeah, we'll get to that to another day. Uh, next segment I want to get into a little bit of um, 
the Biden cram family stuff and Hunter Biden's testimony yesterday, just a little bit of the touch on that and a few other things. But I wanted to bring this up. I mentioned that I was at an assembly last night because my son is going into junior high next year. And I guess already in February, we got to start talking about it because it's such a drastic change from grade school. Do, do you remember that, Michael? Is, oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. It's a big deal. What what strikes you is what do you remember about well, that? Well, ironically, you're talking about school dances, and I just remember being really nervous. And I was like the only guy. Everybody was out there dancing. I was like hiding in the corner, you know. It just in general, though, why is the transition from grade school to junior high such a big deal? I'm trying to remember. I my memory is that that's like when it was like really out there and in the open, the whole boy girl relationship thing. Katie, yeah, I I would think so. Because you're, I mean. I don't know. There was some for me. There was something about the words "high school" at the end of it. So you weren't in elementary school. You were in junior high school. So you were, right. you know, you were one of the big kids. Yeah, I see. I moved schools right then. So and it was, junior high was a crazy, uncomfortable, and uh, an unhappy time for me. But I thought it was just because I moved schools and left all my friends behind. But it might just be based on what I was listening to teachers talk about last night. It's it's tough for everybody at that age. Plus, especially for female for for females, the difference between you get boobs. yeah a, that change <laughs> seriously that well at least that change happened for me in between elementary school and junior high school. I I went away for summer and came back. <laughs> hey guys! <laughs> wow, I'll bet that is something. Yeah, it's it's because it's uncomfortable, but you want it to happen, but it's uh, more uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, than I've anything. Ne- I guess I've never really thought about it, but. Yeah, at that age, if you're going to show up to school with a different pair of shoes, you're wondering, you know, what, what are people are going to say about it? Or, did, you know, showing up with a different body? Holy crap. I was one of three girls that that happened to, that we showed up after that summer, and it was drastic. Yeah, and did people comment on that? Oh, yeah, nonstop. I, I, really? I had nicknames. I, I was call, I, Somebody called me Dirty Pillows, and that lasted with me all the way through high school. Oh. Yeah. That's not a good nickname. <laughs> Whatever. I'm older so it probably you wouldn't have gotten away with this as a teacher but i remember teachers co- teachers commenting on the girls that had showed up back at school and and you know looking different isn't that something teachers would mention it commenting ha- like mentioning how like have you seen katie this year yeah not the same katie as last year huh whoa as teachers would that's say that creepy. and everybody that's would that's disgusting giggle. it is weird it's a different time Somebody needs to call to catch a predator on those people. <laughs> you know, one of the changes uh, is PE classes when you start getting dressed together and stuff like that. Right. That's one of the things they mentioned that the PE class, you're going to start wearing, you got PE clothes, you got shorts and a t-shirt and you're going to have to change clothes. So yeah, that'll be a new thing. Or the girls, which, who, which girls had to get bras, which ones didn't. Oh. That was a big conversation. All the girls peeking at each other. Yeah. Weird. Right. Yeah. But so they did announce that there are going to be dances this year. And ever, some people seemed horrified by it. Some people seemed excited. Uh, I was horrified. You, Katie, as a girl, it seemed like the girls were more excited about it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I'll bet. That, oh, the dress, the makeup, the hair, all of it. Loved it. Plus, as girls, you can run out there with just your friends that are also girls and dance and yes. jump around and have a good time. It's not. Yes. Well, it's an option for the boys, but. Much scarier for the guys. The pressure's on them, too, to ask the girl to the dance and all that stuff. That's, nah. No, I danced the first time at an eighth grade dance, and it's because some girl came and asked me for the last dance of the night. I can still remember the song, Donna Summer Last Dance. I was sweating bullets. I mean, I was just, (laughs) I was soaked in sweat. (sighs) 
<laughs> we were actually touching each other because it was a slow dance, and I was just, I mean, just my shirt was wet. What do I do? What do I what? do? What do I do? <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> uh, more on the way. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That term means different things to different people depending on the context of the discussion. The mayor of Athens, Georgia, immediately slammed by community members after denying his city offers sanctuary protections. You are lawless! Protesters feel a city resolution welcoming undocumented migrants empowered Jose Antonio Ibarra, the Venezuelan national charged in Lakin Riley's death. Mayor Kelly Gertz implied the 2019 policy was more about former President Trump. Where you had the President of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign-born. Okay, so if that's what caused these ridiculous sanctuary city and sanctuary state laws to happen as you thought that Donald Trump was too racist and anti-immigrant and all those nonsense terms that you had to protect them. Okay, fine. But that's not the way things have worked out. And hey, now look at the polls. Uh, More Hispanics want to vote for Trump than they want to vote for Biden. So I'm not sure your narrative worked out. But clearly, this whole protecting illegals who have committed crimes from being sent out of the country is just nutso. And I don't think there's anywhere in the country where a majority would agree that that's a good idea. Um, The reason I'm bringing this up is both presidents are going to be at the border today. This, I think, is definitely the unofficial kickoff of the presidential election. After Michigan, it's clear, not that it wasn't before, but clear that Biden and Trump are going to be the candidates. And now here's the number one issue, according to all polls, uh, whether national polls are in the early states, the border is the number one issue. Immigration is the number one issue. And you got both candidates that are going to be at the border today. So we are into full-on presidential race territory and it's February. I mean, it's barely February. It's leap day. It's kind of a fake February, but it's only February. We got till November. Trump is going to be in Eagle Pass, Texas, where lots of illegals are coming through constantly. And he's going to be on Hannity tonight from the border and trying to make hay on uh, really what was his signature issue that got him elected in 2016. Joe Biden's going to be quite a few hundred miles away in Brownsville, Texas, which is just right down on the border, not a far drive from Corpus Christi, Texas. And uh, not a lot of illegals come across there. Not that I think that personally that I think that matters. 
and he's going to try to, I don't know, take a little of the steam out of Trump's visit so that on the evening news tonight they'll show Trump saying something about the border. On the other hand, here's the president saying that Republicans are to blame, blah, blah, blah. Found this interesting. Former DHS, not the waste of skin Mayorkas, who works Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. I've got a busy day Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. He's the idiot running the DHS now under Biden and keeps saying the border is secure, even though we set records on a week-by-week, month-by-month basis. The border is secure. This is Jay Johnson. Jay. J-E-H. Is his name Jay Johnson, who was the DH secretary under Obama, talking about what a crisis the border is and offering up some solutions. It's a crisis on the southern border in Texas, in Arizona, and it's a crisis here in Midtown Manhattan, just a few blocks away. You can see migrants uh, by the Roosevelt Hotel on the subways at Times Square. This is extended nationwide now. The issue is, what do we do about it? Do we continue to play politics and scream about this issue? Or do we fix the problem? There are solutions to this problem, but given our politics, they become politically unobtainable solutions. We need more Border Patrol officers. We need more judges. We need an emergency authority like a Title 42 when the numbers get high. We need to fix how one qualifies for asylum in this country. Uh, I just want to catch this from Jet Johnson also because I thought this was interesting. One of the things we need to do, which doesn't get talked about enough, is get the Mexican government to do more on yes, their southern border absolutely. with Central America. Definitely. We have a 1,900-mile 1900 1900-mile border with Mexico. They have a 300-mile border with Central America. They don't have much of a border enforcement force down there. Absolutely. That needs to be talked about a lot more. 300-mile border is, uh, is securable. So... Uh, you know, it used to be not that long ago. Most people crossing the border were from Mexico and coming here to work and going back and forth and that sort of thing. But now, you know, it was a Venezuelan, is that right, that killed that poor girl down in Georgia? So people coming from all kinds of countries south of Mexico, and if they'd controlled their border, if somehow we could put enough pressure on them to do that and not let the people flow all the way from, that's a long way from the bottom of Mexico to the top. I don't know how many miles it is, but uh, farthest south I've been, a little south of Mexico City. That's a long way away. Um, but so you've got even the former DHS secretary under Obama basically stating out loud, of course the border's not secure. What sort of nonsense is that to say the border is secure? And we'll see what comes out of the day. I'm going to be interested to watch uh, how the narratives are spun for Trump and uh, Biden at the end of the day. But um, one thing that you know is going to happen. Donald Trump's going to talk a lot about some of the bad things that are happening with some of the people that we're letting into this country illegally, like the death of Lake and Riley there in Georgia. He's going to mention that a lot. Joe Biden's not going to mention that, of course, at all. Why would he? He doesn't want that on his hands, and he's going to talk about how the Republicans had a deal and wouldn't sign it. And again, competing narrative is on the evening newscast, and we'll have the uh, spin on that and the latest on that tomorrow. So I mentioned my son's going to head into junior high next year and just bringing up the issue of what it's like to go to junior high because we had to go to this assembly last night and meet all the teachers and they talked about this and that. So I threw out, what, what, why is transitioning from elementary to school to junior high such a big deal? 
what what exactly is it? I'm not sure I remember. I'm old. It's been a very, very long time. Most of the texts have been uh, something pretty not social. I always think about the social stuff. Just the fact that you have different teachers in different rooms and different buildings and uh, trying to keep track of a schedule and everything like that as opposed to sitting in one room. That's what most of the texts are. Junior high gets a lot more complicated because usually several elementary schools are fed into one school, a whole bunch of different people you don't know, uh, different friendships, and then different rooms and different teachers. Is that when clicks start? I don't remember clicks being a thing in elementary school. You had friend groups, like I'm friends with these people and you're friends with but not like the clear-cut jocks, cool kids, hot chicks, mean girls, whatever. And you're either in that group or not. Mm. I va- I vaguely remember there being small groups in elementary school, but but you're right. In in the, middle school, that is when it gets a it gets a lot bigger because the only school you've ever known is one classroom. Yeah, the borders are not defined on the on the groups the way they are when you get older, though. I mean, you, yeah, once you get set into a group, at least this is my personal experience. Uh, uh, yours might be different. Once you get set into a group, very few people move between groups. It's kind of somehow gets determined at like age fourteen, and then you're there the rest of your life. You're just sorry. Yeah, you're right, and it's it's kind of weird if you do move between groups, huh? It's like, oh, yeah, well, Jack's I, going over there. What? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you're not accepted here. Yeah. What group were you in? Uh, the I, I was actually in between two. It was the Jocks and the Punk Rock Kids. Jocks and Punk Rock Kids. Yes, mm-hmm. Michael. What was your group? I'm pretty sure I was the nerd. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty sure you were a nerd. How about you? That's uh, that uh, to me in a second. The the funny thing about the whole nerd thing, whatever your definition of the term is, nerd is a different thing now because like the science, math, gonna go into computers, kids are kind of like respected in a different way that the whole nerd thing used to be. Remember, nerds are hot when you get older. Yeah, exactly. They yes. they have things like mortgages and. Credit ratings. <laughs> yeah, and they nerds. don't live in their mom's basement eating Cheetos, um, usually. I don't know. I guess nerd. I don't even know if I was popular enough to be a nerd. I, I think I was, I was uh, nobody knew I was there. I think if I ever showed up to a class reunion, it would take a long time for me to convince anyone that I went to that school. Oh, what a great social experiment. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Seriously, we had like a million classes together for years. Like we were in the same class for years, right? No, no recognition of my name or face at all. No, no, no. I don't think anybody would even know I was. Did you do that on purpose? Did you just want to stay away from everybody? Or mm, boy, that's a good question. There's some of that, um, but. Yeah, because I I get that. I remember seeing the group of the quote unquote popular girls and thinking to myself, "Thank God, <laughs> I'm not in there." Because there there somebody was crying every five minutes, and then this person <laughs> was mad at that person, and this guy yeah. liked these two. It was just a mess. Yeah, I didn't have to deal with that. But yeah, uh, uh, so I think you can go back. I've done this before too. You can go back and look at school pictures from. Uh, junior high, high school, and there's a whole bunch of people you obviously remember because they were so dominant personalities or or, or achievements academically or athletic or whatever. But then there's a handful of people. It's like I don't even remember that person existed. That would be me. I'd be I'd be one of those. 
I actually had one of those happen the other day. Uh, some, somebody I apparently went to high school with came up and was like, hey, Katie, oh, we, uh, do you remember? And I was like, yeah. I, oh, boy, I that's, don't remember you at all. That's the main reason I haven't gone to any reunions. That would just be painful to, to realize that. Uh, still, still, still the same deal. Unforgettable. Nobody, nobody can I get anybody freshen up anybody's drink because nobody say I'm a very forgettable person. Person <laughs> Looks and personality. Just plain, flat, don't even make a dent. <laughs> and just not a dent at all. I went to one reunion, and it's amazing how people change physically. People that were in great shape were in awful shape, and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yet to go to a reunion. My tenure came by, came and went, and I I said no thanks. Do you but think I think will? I might go to the twenty. Uh huh. Just to see good people watching. The I, what I've commonly heard. I've never been to a reunion, so I don't know. But I've commonly heard from women that the guys looked great and the women looked a lot different of course part of that is becoming a mom is tough yeah um i'm just i'm quoting other women having said that and i don't know if that's the experience or not has that been your experience uh, text line 415-295-KFTC i don't know i think in my situation it's going to be a lot of the women look different just based off of what i'm seeing on facebook and how many people i went to high school have had work done oh wow yeah a lot of it too um, but funny, walking into the thing last night, we're walking into, so there's a, and then like the, whatever you call it, the room multi-purpose room, multi-purpose room where they're going to have plays and band concerts and all that sort of stuff. But we're just headed up there. And my son, who's in sixth grade, he said, God, I despise this sort of thing. And I said, you remember the other day when you're saying you think maybe you're adopted? This is proof that you're not adopted. <laughs> right. The yeah. fact that you despise walking into this room and are so uncomfortable already Means you have my genetics. Yes, Apple is still in trees, yeah, son. <laughs> no doubt about it. We'll finish strong next, day. Armstrong and Getty. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Officials in Idaho halting the execution of 73-year-old convicted serial killer Thomas Creech after prison medical staff failed eight times to carry out the lethal injection. Three medical team members couldn't access Creech's veins to establish an IV, trying his arms, legs, hands, and feet. An hour later, the warden calling the execution off. Creech, behind bars for nearly 50 years, was convicted of five murders across three states. The state is now considered Considering its options, Creech's attorney is calling this a badly botched incident, and they're now seeking a new stay of execution. How in the hell can they not get a phlebotomist at any of these death centers 
to kill these scumbags. I just, I, I don't understand. You failed eight times to get a needle into this guy's vein so he doesn't die. I'm not a huge death penalty guy. I don't think about it much because they're always such scumbags. I don't care if they do end up dead, so I'm not going to spend much time, you know, campaigning against it. I think as a whole, it costs us more than we get out of it, and I'm not sure the government should be taking lives. But again, way down my list of issues I'm concerned about, since this scumbag, if you knew about all these murders in all these different states, you wouldn't care about him either. But how do they not find somebody that can get a needle into your arm? Good God. So they failed eight times, couldn't hit a vein, canceled the execution, and now there's going to be some sort of uh, suit for cruel and unusual punishment, and there'll be a court case, and then ta- and taxpayers will pay a bunch of money, which is my main problem with the death penalty. Anyway, um, that's that story. Wanted to hit you with this quick sports highlight. If you don't like sports, this is going to be tough for you. Sports highlight. Now Clark to Davis. They just play catch at the 35-foot mark. Now Clark fires a three right wing and got that to go. And now passes Lynette Woodard of Kansas, who had the scoring lead when it was the AIAW. As Clark, 33 points. So that's Caitlin Clark of Iowa. I've mentioned her many times. If you like basketball, you got to catch her highlight reel on YouTube. It's absolutely amazing. Anyway, she set the all-time women's record last week, and then she passed some other record nobody knew about it last night. And now she is only 18 points short of the all-time collegiate record, which includes dudes. Well, who has the record for dudes? Pete Maravich. And you want to talk about YouTube highlight reels. This is way back in the day. I mean, this is back in the uh, late 60s. 67 to 70, he played. But Pete Maravich is family is pushing hard back against the Caitlin Clark celebration as being the greatest college basketball player of all time, pointing out that she's played four years. He played three. Um, Not that any of this really matters, but just to point this out, Pete Maravich in three seasons in college basketball averaged 44 points a game. Averaged for three years. That's stunning. It's Final Thoughts Ball. That'll do, boys. Soon we'll hear your comments. Entertain us. Give us closure. For the show is nearly done. I really like that one. That one calms me down for some reason. I'm your host for Final Thoughts. Let's get a final thought from our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael? For about a year, I had the nickname Martha in uh, high school. Oh, yeah, no, it was junior high school, you, as a matter of fact. Do you want to explain how Yeah, it was. I was part of a safety demonstration, and the instructor there said, well, here, Martha here, just to be funny. Well, all the kids thought it was hilarious, <laughs> and they picked up the name, and they ran with it for that year. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Nobody had a name for me because nobody knew I was there. Here's your uh, final thought from uh, Katie Green. On the night of my senior prom, we all ended up having to drive ourselves because the party bus broke down. Mm. And our senior prom was in San Francisco. And I was at a stop uh, red light and a homeless person jumped onto the hood of my car. So I hit the gas and just kept on going. Wow. And you were 18? 17? 17. 17. Scared the hell out of me. Little did I know it was a look into my future. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) So, ask him the question, why is junior high such a big deal that we need to start having meetings about it already? One word, said uh, the texters, puberty. Yeah, that's it. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Puberty. That's all that's all you need to describe it. Everything changes physically, mentally, emotionally for everyone, obviously. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. If you want to help uh, support the staff a little bit because we throw the money around, Joe and I don't keep it, you can go to armstrongandgetty.com, buy some of our swag. We will see you tomorrow. God bless America. Screw it, I'm leaving. Point of personal privilege. I think that right now, um, you know, the honeymoon's over. It's a little too much docky dog. Do you understand? I cannot understand the word you're saying. Come on. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. Yeah. Remember that. And on that possibly nightmare-inducing note... Well, old uh, Gavi Boy Newsom, who, who becomes fully turgid imagining the ability to just print money to accomplish his aims... You. Um, <laughs> Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.